Hello, Rob. Hi, Chris. Welcome to the 10 Minute Design Chat. Thanks, mate. Let's talk about game systems. Today, we are honoured to be joined by Bez Shariori, which I'm trying my best to pronounce. It's I've been told how to pronounce good. it. I think I've done a reasonable job, but apologies, apologies. Um, who is a prolific streamer, an artist, game designer, and in my my own opinion, probably one of the most iconic people in the tabletop industry. Hello, Bez, welcome. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here, and you are so kind. I'm excited to be talking about game systems. Oh, yeah. And I know that this kind of chat is something you're familiar with because you host your Bezzy's Breakfast board game Blether. Try saying that with a mouthful of meeples. Uh, <laughs> and you're up to you're up to like 300 episodes now, aren't you? Yeah, I started off Bezzy Breakfast board game Blether, changed the name because it, then it was like, you know what? There are some people watching from New Zealand, and I had guests from New Zealand, so it was like Bezzy Bedtime board game Blether, and then I was like, you know what? Say, so I'm going to make it Bezzy Bath Time, and then I was like, this is getting ridiculous. <laughs> I'm going to call it Bezzy Beats and Board Game Bladder, and so that's the new title. But yeah, every day, 10am, twitch.tv slash stuffbybez, that is where you want to go. And if you want to find me on the internet, I am basically stuffbybez anywhere, Instagram, Twitter, stuffbybez.com, even email. If you have a reason to email me, stuffbybez at gmail.com. So this is the part of the show where we do our uh, what we call the alien test, but today is a little different. So I'm going to hand over to Rob, um, but Rob looks a bit strange today. What's going on there, Rob? Ooh. I am a robot. You can call me Robot Sparks if you want. <laughs> beep, Hello, beep, Robot beep. Sparks. <laughs> Bez, I have come to you in a time of need. I am on a journey to become self-aware and must know what a system <laughs> is. Do you have any information? I require explanations. Okay, so there's two ways of determining what a game system is, and they're slightly confusingly. Some people call something like commands and colors a game system, where it's a set of rules that is used for a whole bunch of different games of completely different components. Mm -hmm. For example, 18xx shares a bunch of very similar rules which are all about trains and stock taking. But what I'm talking about is a multi-game game system which is one set of components and with this one set of components you can play a whole bunch of very diverse games. So imagine you've got a bunch of rocks. Well, you, maybe those rocks are just for one thing. But if those rocks would be for two things, well, that's a game system. And that's why you get decks of playing cards. Thank you, Bez. You are welcome, Robo Sparks. Very insightful. Oh, I'm going to stop doing that voice now. No, brilliant. Excellent <laughs> description. Excellent description. And I mean, thinking about it, Bez, I'm looking at your, your history in game design and you have got what looks like... I, I've never seen so many systems in one package. You are the designer of the L deck, previously known as the Wibble Plus Plus deck, I believe. Is that correct? Yes. So what happened here was that I started off with a game. It was called Wibble. And in Wibble, you've got a couple of letters on each card and you put two cards into the center of the table. You need to shout a word that uses at least one letter from each card and any other letters you want. Each turn you're grabbing a card, that's going to be your future obligation, so as the turns go on, as you keep winning points, you're going to have to use more and more cards. 
at least one letter from each card. So that was a good game. I was happy with that, but I took it to UK Games Expo because I had ideas for other games that could use exactly the same cards. Then I was thinking, should this be a game or should it be a game system? And as we've just discussed, I decided to make it a game system because I could imagine many other games being made with it. And I think the key thing about the game system isn't just that you've got a bunch of games, but also that those games are continuing to be made. For example, you've got 504 by Friedman Fries, where you've got 504 different games with some quite similar, admittedly, but using one set of components. But no one's going to be making any more games for 504. It's not like, I mean, a 9 by 9 grid with a whole bunch of stones and a whole of two colours, that is more of a game system because people are continuing to make it. But it's like something like Looney Pyramids where people are asking people to keep making stuff or my Eldeck where I am actually asking people to do stuff via a contest and I'm motivating people. Yes, there is a cash prize every year, 1st of August. You can enter a game design contest and if you are the best, you get a cash prize. And like with... Um, decks of playing cards people just can't help themselves but make <laughs> games because it's everywhere it's so ubiquitous and that's the joy of a game system that you've got it and then you can just play your games and play test them you don't need to make new components that's a great thing about it and I guess it also builds community as well, mm. doesn't it? Because it's one of those things that, for for the example you gave with the L deck, you're having competitions, people submitting games to you, people get excited about it, and it's it's good both ways, both for the community and for the game in that way, isn't it, Bez? Yeah, 100%. I definitely feel like we've had people helping each other and people being supportive, and it is more than just a game. And when you've got a game, you've got the meta game, like when Richard Garfield was making Magic the Gathering, Richard Garfield talks about the time, not the meta game in the case of what are people bringing to this tournament, but in the sense of when you're talking about the game, all the times when you're not playing the game, but you're actually thinking about it. And Magic the Gathering, that might be crafting it, but we're not here to talk about that game. We're here to talk about game systems where it might be you're, think you're inventing your game and it builds that meta game it builds that community because that's what games are all about whether it's a game system or a game it's just another way to bring people together i was gonna say you bring up decks of cards like normal playing cards mm -hmm. and, and actually the same with the sort of l deck like it's a really good one thing that i always sort of say when when people are getting into game design is like i would basically suggest like buy a deck of playing cards and try and make <laughs> up a new game with that like because 100%. what you've done is you've actually provided them a framework and a bit of a launch pad um and and there's other examples everybody you know there's so many playing card games there's so many l games and so ultimately what you've done is you've kind of bring them bring them in and give them a couple constraints and let them focus on just like what kind of games do they want to make and, and then start to explore and I think it's a really good way of getting people into the hobby. Yeah for sure it feels like when you've got letters and yeah there's different suits and there's different numbers on each card then you're thinking okay what could I do with the way that these numbers integrate into these letters what could I do with the formation of these suits and it allows you to then restrictions breed creativity as Mark Rosewater always says.
And what I love about it is that game systems not only help new designers, but actually if you have a game system yourself, you've been working on it for many years, you carry that information in your head. So you know how that works. And actually mm. you could be sitting on a train or you could be walking down the street and you have that information to draw on to think of a new game without having to come up with a whole new set of like components and things like that. So I imagine for you, Bez, you've kind of got that information to draw on that can inspire you to then design another game for the L deck, for example. I mean, for sure, the 20th game was easier than the first game. But I am also going to say that the same is kind of true if you make games within a similar genre. Like, you look at people like um, Uwe Rosenberg, who's done a lot of polyominal games, or Knizia with all the auction games. And I think that is one reason why some people almost have their um, analogue to the blue period, where they're just working in one sort of field of design. And for me, yes, it, there's a lot of words games there, but because there's, okay, maybe this one's actually an auction game using those letters, for sure, I agree. The closer your games are to previous things, the more you're going to learn. And so, just to sort of round us off, um, designing a lot of games for one system can seem quite hard, but actually it's quite interesting to think that when you're designing one game that has a very sort of strict, unique, stripped down purpose, um, that can be quite easy. But when mm. it comes to designing like a game system, something that's flexible, something that could be reused, like what are some of the challenges that you faced in your, in your journey with the L deck, for example? Okay, firstly, from a publishing point of view, it's terrible. Because, <laughs> you wouldn't think this, but people don't want loads of games, they want a really good game. And it's hard to communicate. When I demonstrate a game, which game am I going to demonstrate? That's hard to do. I need to... You can't have theme. It's really hard to have theme. Like, sometimes it's like, oh, well, if only this card was slightly different. Well, that's hard to do. What I would say is that if you look at something like Lost Cities or... Um, I'm trying to think, there was one game by Mark Stockton Pitt that actually started as a game for the L deck, Economical I think it was called, and then it became Forks, now I'm remembering. And so you can take it and then you can mutate it slightly and make it its own game. And so I just think, come into it knowing that it might not be the most prudent idea for making money or for making a big name for yourself, but you are going to have such an amount of fun with it. Give it a go. And that has brought us to a really good time because these robot systems of mine, they need some oiling. Uh, <laughs> so I, I think it's time time for me to go and recharge and oh. shut down this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I think it's I think it's time for me to fold Rob up and stash him in the 10-minute design chat cupboard until the next <laughs> podcast. Oh, I mean, yeah, it's been a, a real, real pleasure, Bez. Like, thank you for joining us. Uh, where can we find you online? Where, where can people see more of your work? Um, well, my main website is stuffbybears.com. You can also go to instagram.com slash stuffbybears, twitter.com slash stuffbybears, facebook.com slash thingsbybears, or youtube.com slash stuffbybears, twitch.tv slash stuffbears. You get the idea. Amazing. Thank you so much. And we'll put those in the show notes if people want to check them out themselves. And I'm going to say goodbye to you, Chris. I will see you at the 10minutedesignchallenge.co.uk. Bye-bye. Thank you very much. And bye to both of you. And I'll see you, Rob, at boardgamebud.com. Thank you for listening. And live your best game design life. <laughs>